Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light International Ministries. And today is Thursday, September 16th, 2021. It's been probably about seven or eight months since we last spoke to this guest today. Today's guest day. We always have a guest on on Thursdays. And uh, we are very privileged to have uh, Dr. Lee Merritt. Uh, on our program today. Dr. Merritt began her career uh, back when she was a little girl carrying her father's black bag on house calls. Her dad was a doctor in Iowa. And then uh, she got her degree in medicine, became an orthopedic surgeon, actually did surgery on my knee when I was a Marine. She served in the Navy uh, and was a physician there. Uh, Then uh, she has been in private practice, both as an orthopedic and spinal surgeon, and in tre- helping treat people over the last year, helping people with COVID. She gave me a protocol. My wife and I, we got it. Our daughter got it. But my wife and I took the protocol, and we, we didn't have to go to the hospital. Even though my wife did end up getting um, uh, some pneumonia from it, we, we were able to do through the protocol she gave us and boning up on vitamin D. And so she is uh, probably one of the most articulate doctors that I've ever met, and I'm so thankful that God brought our paths together over 20-something years ago, uh, not just for what she did to my knee, but just how she's influenced me in seeing truth about COVID, about what's been going on. So, Dr. Merritt, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Well, thank you very much. That was very flattering. You, you are being kind. But I glad that you guys did well and uh yeah it's been a long road we've had together since cherry point <laughs> yeah yeah and you know uh <laughs> y- you uh everything that you said my wife and i were talking about this the other day all the things that you shared back in february uh we've kind of seen come to pass and i i really w- was excited to get you back on to have you update us in light of everything that's been going on now, because I know you, you research, you've always been a researcher, but I want to go back to about 2000, I don't know, 9, 2010 and 11, because mm-hmm. I actually listened to a, a talk you gave back then. I went when I was doing some research and you were warning about the coming medical technocracy back then. What, what, what gave you that insight to see that, there was going to be forced vaccination mandates one day because you were you were warning of that back then. How? I mean, right. what what led well, you like, down that road? I'd like to say I'd like to say I was a seer or something, but it's not all that sexy. Basically, uh, you know, I was a member of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and they've been fighting. In fact, I was past president at one point, but they they. Uh, They've been fighting against government takeover of medicine since 1943. What happened in 1943 is the AMA decided to go with the government. Of course, it was wartime. And uh, we, we said, no, you don't want government involved in medicine. And ironically, during World War II, we saw the effect of government-run health care in the German situation. So we were right. And if had we won that battle, we wouldn't be fighting this battle today, quite frankly. 
Mm-hmm. But so I got involved with AAPS, and before that, I was really apolitical. I really didn't pay attention to a lot of things. But, you know, God God works in very mysterious ways. And when I look back at my life, to be honest, right now, and I know it sounds kind of crazy, but everything that's happened to me and every step I've taken seems to prepare me for right now. I, I don't know why. I'm kind of an unlikely uh, spokesperson, and uh, I said I'm an unlikely rebel, but Maybe I've always been a rebel, but it just seems like I, I'm here for this, and this is my fight. And my great, 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 whatever grandfather fought in the revolution, he was one of the three percenters, so now I'm one of the point zero five percenters. That's what, that's what uh, Peter McCullough says about the doctors that are standing up, because they're not very many of us. But we also, after besides that, the, the AAPS experience, you know, you, you become your parents no matter how much you might try not to be sometimes. But my parents, and especially my dad, was always reading. He couldn't participate in World War II because he had an infection in his leg that was chronic. But he always read about the Nazi doctors because he was a physician and he was a moral, ethical physician. And and the doctors would get together. And I, you know, I we we I was born shortly after World War II, so. You know, people still talked about the experience and what happened and tried to dissect what was going on. And and it was like, how could they have gone so wrong? Well, now we know, because we are in Germany 1943. That's where we are today medically. We The German doctors were hung because, like Carl Brandt, I actually have, a, if anybody's interested, I have a talk on my website that I moved up to the front page because I listened to it myself the other day, and that was quite a while ago, maybe a couple decades ago. It was the lesson of Carl Brandt, and it, it was like he was the chief medical exo- officer, essentially, of the Third Reich towards the end. He didn't kill anybody personally. He didn't do anything that was evil personally. I mean, he really tried to save lives. He reorganized hospitals. He did all these things. But when it when it came right down to it, he was the guy that was on top of the organization that coerced people in the death camps, essentially. They coerced prisoners. It's always coercion if you're a prisoner into participating in an experiment and uh, without informed consent. What are we doing today? We are one big worldwide experiment. People are being coerced. You won't get a, if you don't get this. This, I'll, you know, I know now why they call it other names because when you use that term uh, vaccine, then you get, you get <laughs> deplatformed or whatever. So I don't want to get you deplatformed, but I just can't bring myself saying that word jab. It's just a stupid word that is not medical and it sounds so ugly, but there are many ugly things here like lockdowns. That's a prisoner term. But, um, you know, they, you know, you, you don't take this vaccine, you don't have a job. Um, uh, you know, you, you can't travel. My favorite one now is, is Joe Biden's comment that uh, you're not going to be able to uh, drive on federal highways if you don't take the vaccine. I said, I can't get out of town now. I'm going to go. If that actually comes to be, I'll just go down with my scrubs and my black bag and I'll and I'll get one of those cardboard things and write a write a homemade sign that says, please take me to work. I, I can't drive on this highway. Well, well, you know, well, you know, it's interesting because I lead groups to Israel every year. And um, now I'm being told if I'm not vaccinated, you can't go. I can't yeah. go. But I've had COVID, and you know what? I went out and I I got tested with a company that checks for T cells, and they they took right. two vials of blood. They said you have T cells. Uh, you know you do have them. Right. You you've had recovered immunity, and I've got that by a doctor who did the blood work and. Nobody's talking about that. Why? Why are? Why are? I know it's to push the vaccine, 
But I'm astounded that there's not more doctors saying, why aren't we counting the recovered COVID immunity? Uh, Because studies have proven it's more effective. Yeah, right. Especially because it's an Israeli study that showed that it was like, I don't know, 13 times more effective. I don't know how they came up with that, but it's kind of a bogus kind of idea (laughs) that we can correlate that numerically. But whatever. We know it's true. I mean, your God-given full-tissue immunity is what you want, and that's what's so crazy about the vaccine. Again, in answer to your question, it's hard to apply a logical answer to an illogical situation. This whole situation is not about health and wellness. It's about tyrannical control and taking down the world for a few people or a few overlords. I'm sorry. We just have to start saying that. Well, no, and, and no I appreciate the fact bearing. that you do say that. Yeah. I mean, you do. Right. You, it's, 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 it's not just yeah. the medical stuff. It's it's you said from the very beginning, there's something demonic about all this. That's why I like having you on the right. program, because you see there's a oh, bigger yeah. issue than just what we see going on around us. Right. Oh, absolutely. We really are in a spiritual war. But but the but the issue here. For, the, for what you're talking about is in May of 2020, the Karolitska Institute, and I think the chief geneticist of uh, Russia in Moscow, he, um, they, got, they, they both said, we've looked at our populations, and again, they did the more sophisticated tests like what you had, and we, they said, our people, 30% of our people are already immune to this. We don't need vaccines. It's already immune, right? 30% in May of 2020. Just let it run through the population. We'll be immune. But that's not what happened. So, But the way they knew they were immune, and they said, and they have robust tissue immunity. It's not just, not many of them don't have antibodies. Here's the big, there's so many lies, you know, that we didn't talk about because it wasn't so obvious before. I mean, I knew they were lying, but now we've got it all laid out in front of us. There are just so many lies. And it's not just about today's activities. This goes back 40 and 50 years about the nature of of what we call viruses and the whole issue of all the immune issues. But, but here's something that it's absolutely true, and the immunologists know it. If viruses exist the way we think and they get intracellular and they start multiplying and doing things in your genetic machinery to reproduce themselves, they're intracellular. Antibodies are not for intracellular problems. Antibodies are like bacteria and invaders that come in extracellularly. Okay, so what you need for the intracellular stuff is great tissue immunity. That's what normal people develop. That's why it's so crazy. Think about what this vaccine does. They don't check if you've ever had immunity. So they're vaccinating a lot of already immune people. If you have if you got natural immunity from COVID, if you need emergency services, hang up and dial 911. If you are unable to reach 911 and this is a true emergency, press zero now or remain on the line for an operator. Hello? You still there? I'm sorry. That? Yeah, suddenly there was a 911 call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened. That's that, press one that, now. That's, 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 I, I think they're trying to scramble us. <laughs> I think they're scrambling us. Well, I'm going to talk over her yeah. if I can. So, Please enter the so area code and number. giving you is in a... In you're, you're taking a, you've got God-given big T-cell tissue immunity. You take this vaccine, it wipes that out, so now you're not immune. And then they give you this little stylized antibody immunity. How do we know that for sure? I mean, first of all, they told us that they were going to do that. But second of all, you'll notice that people that have 
natural immunity are able to give convalescent plasma to help other people, mm-hmm. right, until they're vaccinated, and then they can't because it wipes out your natural immunity. Now, that's crazy. We wipe out the immunity that you have that's better than the one we're going to give you and to the disease we're trying to make you immune to. Mm-hmm. Again, logically, you would not do that. Medically, you would not do that. And what, then to mandate it is even unbelievably unethical well, and, and medically wrong. Well, I had my uh, my yearly annual VA physical. I told the doctor that I I recently had COVID and recovered, and he spent 35 minutes trying to convince me that he had read all these MIT studies and that I still needed the vaccine to make me more immune from the D variant. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, right. and I'm and, sitting and, there, and, and it's he was... just propaganda. It is. It really is. and I. It's very sad. Well, you said, I, I heard you talking about why... Uh, hospitals aren't talking about treatment. A, a few weeks ago, I had Dr. Byron Bridal on uh, from Canada, who oh, yeah. I, I think he's a great guy. You, McCullough, uh, uh, Robert Malone, you guys are are really there to me. You you are the less than one percent uh, of the doctors that are really courageous out there saying this stuff. And you've been doing it from the beginning about ivermectin, and now ivermectin is being mocked. It's being put on social media. We've had friends talk to us about, you know, we're not being loving because we're 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 telling people they shouldn't get the vaccine and they shouldn't mask. And Jesus would 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 you know all kinds of stuff, throwing spiritual stuff. Can you take a minute and talk about ivermectin and and its efficacy in dealing with viral um, you know things that we're having to deal with? Well, yeah, and, and there's a reason they don't like these drugs, and I can tell you why they don't talk about them in the hospital or in the VA. That's a secondary issue, but um, they don't like these drugs because these are miracle drugs. They do lots of things. It's not just about this, and I really think the, the cabal, the deep state, whoever you think's running this show, they didn't expect us to figure this out this quickly. They really expected us to kind of go down with this, get really sick, and just run out and do whatever they said. They expected us to still be in lockdowns. And when we discovered, you know, doing good science like you're supposed to do as a physician, uh, that there were things out there to treat this with. And by the way, the the treatment for hydroxychloroquine goes way back into the 1970s with chloroquine. And it was well published in the literature about SARS and about influenza and about other things. See, that's why they don't like some of these drugs. But ivermectin specifically is good because it can be used. It has like 20 modes of of operation where it kind of takes down this this problem and it acts and the other thing is it's going to turn out and dr brian artis is my friend who's the real expert on this but parasites may play a big role in our illness and and long-term illness in people that we don't appreciate and it's extremely good for that so what they don't like is the thought that their pharmaceutical industry is just going to go into the toilet if we know the real truth that's what i think but they they hate it so much, this ivermectin. Now, let, let's just point out, in India, we have, what, 330 million people, and yet we had about 500,000 deaths that they attributed to COVID last year. Now, I know a lot of it's expanded and, and you know, this classic, the motorcycle guy and all that <laughs> stuff that, that was claimed to be COVID. So that's an expanded number to begin with. But But let's just give them that for a second because it might be expanded in India, too. In any case, in India, 
they had uh, less than half. They had like two hundred some thousand deaths in a country of one point two billion. I haven't checked the numbers recently on their deaths, but it's, it was certainly less than ours. I think it was almost half of what ours was, and they are one point two billion people. So. They're four times our size with less than half our deaths. What happened? Well, they were using hydroxychloroquine early, and then they started using ivermectin. And they got their death rate really low fairly quickly. And then what happened? Their chief medical officer, Dr. Swami Nathan, said, oh, no, you can't use that ivermectin. And what happened? The death rate went way back up. So at that point, Modi or somebody stepped in and said, don't listen to her. We're not doing that. We're putting ivermectin back. And guess what? Their death rate has come back down now. Mm. And, what, and, and the same thing, Japan just, I think ivermectin, maybe the person that invented it is from Japan. I can't remember, but it's a Nobel, got the Nobel laureate. No, it was, no, he wasn't, he wasn't from Japan. But he got the Nobel laureate for, for inventing this drug because it has saved so many people's eyesight over the world. Ophthalmologists use this. It does all sorts of wonderful things. Well, Japan's using it now, and they can prove that their case load, their death rate, their sickness is down. So why would we not use it, okay? And not only are we not using it and not speaking about it, the FDA is so patients better. They know it works. They don't want to die. They want to have some in the house. They order it from India offline. There are lots of Indian pharmacies selling it overseas. You can get it at a reasonable price. The FDA has been ordering the, the USPS, the Postal Service, to interdict it at the border. And I just got... I, I had an almost problem with that. The, the, I called the pharmacy. I said, hey, my, my order didn't come in. It's been a month. And they said, give it another week. If it doesn't show up, we think we have a way to get it passed. But what's happening is the FDA is interdicting it through mm-hmm. the Postal Service. Well, I couldn't prove that, but that's what the pharmacy said. Mm-hmm. Then I just got a, uh, a text from a patient that said, my, my, I just got uh, advised from the Postal Service that they had confiscated my ivermectin you've got to see what what the real ha- the problem is we're at war with our own governments our government is trying to kill us yeah it, I, let's not sugarcoat that anymore oh no because they're I, trying to kill us but the way they're acting and here's why the, and here's how they did it see it's all it all goes back to money at the nih level but where did that money come from it came from these big guys somewhere whose names we don't even know in the background, it wasn't just Gates, and it certainly wasn't Dr. Fauci. He's what I call the bag man. If you want to, if you want to see the, he's the hub of this takedown. Now he didn't orchestrate. He he orchestrated. He didn't develop it. He didn't do all this stuff. He, what happened is somebody in the somebody in the shadows whose names we don't know put money through the Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, probably other foundations that got funneled to the NIH and specifically to the NIAID, the the, the allergy immune disease kind of place that Fauci had. Where his wife was. What wasn't he, his wife over that? And <laughs> yeah, she's the head of ethical uh, uh, patient treatment or something. I mean, she's the one that looks at, at like informed consent and stuff, which is just, you can't make that up. It's yeah. just too funny. But anyway, so what So what he did, he has done over his 40-some years tenure as an administrator in the NIH is to take uh, apparently about, and I, and I just, David Martin says this, I, I haven't separated out the numbers, but he had $800 billion. Now, Martin says $120 billion is what went to research on these bioweapons, and it went all over the world. It went to, I can prove it went to Winnipeg, it went to 
putting a viral uh, researcher from the PLA and our bioweapons lab at Fort Detrick. It went to Ralph Barrick in North Carolina and the Wuhan lab. And when, they, when, the, when the news now says, oh, we didn't know about, oh, my gosh, how did we miss this about uh, Tony Fauci? We just didn't know. He was so secretive that he hid this, that he funded the Wuhan lab, and, and that caused this leakage. Well, that's, an, that's, a, that's a psyop right there. They could have found it out. You know how I found it out in February was I got on the NIH website. It wasn't hard. I found out that he funded them two boluses of like $3.7 million to the Wuhan lab. But that's not the only place he funded. So Fauci took the money from the, from the overlords and spread it out into all these research labs. And what was the purpose of the research? It was essentially to take genetic material from nature and turn it into a bioweapon to be used against humans. Things that weren't damaging to humans are now damaging to humans. And if you and I'm gonna I've got to get back to that point later about where why I about how that really plays a role in the big picture of things. But that's what he did. And then he took the other money, all the other hundred billions, hundreds of billions, like five hundred some billion, six hundred some billion dollars, and he distributed it to hospitals and university uh, teaching places. That's what the university research places and big hospitals that do research. And they built out beyond their means based on this constant flow of money from the NIH. And what that did was now, if they don't do what he says, if they don't use remdesivir, which was developed in our bioweapons lab, and he has has patents on it to the NIH, they own part of the royalties and stuff. Uh, If you don't use remdesivir and instead you use – you talk about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, we're going to pull your funding for next year. So that's how that's how Fauci is the bagman who, in the mob term, he takes the mob boss's money, he distributes it out, he makes sure the coppers do their job, or he breaks their legs. That's Tony Fauci's role. So that's now, that's why they're not because literally we know doctors are being told you cannot prescribe ivermectin by their head administrators. The, it, yes, so those people that are working in these hospitals, which are most people, keep in mind again, this takedown took a lot of multi-pronged. Uh, involvement and planning so you know before obamacare 67 percent roughly of doctors were in private practice but now they all work for hospitals they're all like in a pen and we told them that too we in the aps we said you this is bad i was on john stossel saying this is going to hurt doctors into a pen and they're going to they're, they're going to be owned by the hospitals don't do it don't do it don't do it but they did it okay so um, that's part of it. This couldn't have happened if people were independent. It's the independent doctors that are speaking up, but there are not very many of us. So that's that's what that's the essence of it. Now, when I look at when I talk to doctors, I'm going to tell you, or when I give talks, this is my point about this. If you look at hospitals now, there's a there's it's like a pyramid. On the very top of the pyramid are a small number of the medical administrators, chiefs of departments, chiefs of research programs. They took the money. They're bought. You're not going to save them. Don't even try. They've sold their soul for that money. On the bottom of the pyramid are, uh, I feel, the worst for. Those are the guys like uh, that are residents, uh, interns, you know, whatever. They are, they're in training, and they can't, they can't do anything. They're stuck, you know, but they're also not ultimately responsible. The guy that's ultimately responsible for the treatment is the person they're working under. And so they don't ever independently take care of somebody that's actually under the chief, under the private doc or the senior doc. But there's a big group of doctors in the middle of that pyramid, and these are people that are out of residency. They could go out and be independent themselves, put up a shingle, and practice medicine out of the hospital. But they don't because they're getting a salary, they have a spouse and children, and they they don't want to lose their job. 
And to those people, I say, this is Germany, 1943. This is the time you have to get off the bus because this is exactly, you know, you, you're participating in a system in a hospital, and anybody that's been in the hospital lately knows this experience. It's anti-human. It, it, it's killing people by omission and commission, and you're part of it. You know, it's like Auschwitz wasn't run just by Eichmann. It was run by all the little people that swept the floors and, you know, did the little jobs that made the place run, and that's those guys, and they need to get out of there. Well, it's, you know, it's just time to get off the bus. To, to your point, uh, we got about a, a minute and a half before we go to break for the news. But I, there's a hospital. It just came out a, a day or two ago. New Hanover Regional Medical Center in Wilmington, North Carolina. They they had a leaked Zoom video where one of the administrators says, "I have, think we have to be more blunt." We have to be more forceful. We have to say oh, to something. Make, make it more scary. Yeah, we have to scare people into getting that. the vaccine. And uh, we need to be more scary for the public. And, you know, they're, they are throwing out numbers about hospitals being overrun. What they're not telling people is a lot of the reasons the emergency rooms and the hospitals are overrun are not because of COVID. It's because nurse shortages Nurses are quitting across the country, and they're not being honest about that. But why should we expect them to if they're not going to be honest about General Milley calling the Chinese general to tell him we're going to attack if we do? I mean, why should we expect them to be honest if they're not going to be honest about other things? So uh, I I just – when we come back from the break, I I would like to ask you to get into some of the the makeup of the vaccine and speak to that because there's still a huge – amount of pressure being put on people like me who have had covid who have recovered immunity to get the vaccine or to encourage people to get the vaccine and i would love for you to speak about the you know the lipid nanoparticles in there uh, uh, some of the things that you have found out that we didn't know last time but now you know some of these things that are in there uh so can you do that when we come back absolutely okay hey you're listening to dr lee Merritt. And I just want to tell you her website. It is a great resource. You can support her. Uh, Dr. Merritt has given a lot of her time to help educate people. It's Dr. Lee, L-E-E, Merritt, M-E-R-R-I-T-T dot com. You can go there. You can shop for supplements. Uh, You can get articles on there. There's lots of good information on there. And you can donate. I would like to encourage you, if you're out there, you have the ability she could. She has not asked me to do this, but I'm telling you, I know she has given herself selflessly to this, and I would like to encourage you to go there and help her and her husband because they have taken a hit by doing this. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We're going to be back with some more good information with Dr. Lee Merritt. Stay tuned. Uh, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I'm with my friend and uh, 
a medical professional, Dr. Lee Merritt, the medical rebel. Her website, again, is Dr. Lee, L-E-E Merritt, M-E-R-R-I-T-T.com. And, um, you know, I want to tell you, uh, Dr. Merritt, I just went online <laughs> and I tried to donate <laughs> and it said we're no longer taking orders. Is there a better way to do it what? than your... Oh, no, there's a donation button. I'm going to go right now. Yeah, I went on there uh, we and I tried. It, it, I appreciate it. I went on in the break because I said I want to make sure I do this and make sure it works. And it said we're no longer taking orders. So no, I think you hit the wrong button. So well, here's one of my advices: go to. It's easier to type this in the with the t h e themedicalrebel dot com. That's an easier one to remember and not not have it go wrong. Um, and I just, I just hit it, and I can donate to myself. Maybe it just didn't want your donation. Maybe it, maybe it was just. <laughs> you don't have push, to do that. But, but no, anyway, but themedicalrebel.com, uh, uh, that's yeah. easy to remember, themedicalrebel.com, go there. But I encourage yeah. you, if you're listening, um, to, um, you know, to help Dr. Merritt and her family because she has uh, selflessly not been here. You've been busy. I've been seeing you on lots of oh, programs. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, you you've been on Charlie Kirk. I mean, you've been on uh, all these different people's programs trying to get the message out, and I'm thankful because I remember when we yeah. had you on back in February. I have to admit, you were talking about some of this stuff, and and as much as I I you know was I believe in it you. Was hard to believe it was that that there could be well, such evil. And and that's what it is. This is just, it's just been plain evil because we know there's been people who've died. One one person here in Jacksonville went to six doctors. They would not prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, and they and then they they but they didn't want to be put in the um, on a ventilator, and they eventually got put on one, but they died. They would not give them treatment. And I mean, th- I've never seen anything. Know. You know, my mom had it. She's in her 80s. She she was in bad shape. They took her to the hospital and said, "Well, your O2 levels are good." They gave her some uh, some, you know, uh, um, uh, IV to get her fluids up, and then sent her home. And I'm like, she's 85. She's feeling terrible. What are y'all doing? But that that I mean, what other disease in history, Doctor Merritt, have we? said, hey, when you go home and if you feel really, really bad, you can't breathe, then you come back. <laughs> I mean, like, that's crazy. I know. I know. It's it's immoral. <laughs> it's not what we do as physicians. It's not supposed to be. Well, no. And now they're pushing the vaccine, and, and there's so much disinformation, and you are somebody that I trust. Tell me, um, you said from the very beginning with me, Doug, I, I don't think you should get the vaccine, and here's why. I don't know what's in it. Well, I know you have some understanding of some things that are in it that are dangerous. Can you kind of talk about those right now? The PEG, the lipo nanoparticles, Matrix M, some of those things, MF59, all those things that you know. Because I want people to be informed. I don't want people to just go take a shot and not know what's in it. Right. I mean, the problem is, we don't completely still know what's in it because it's under an EUA. And that's the problem. An EUA, the emergency use authorization, is set up. Just they do this because they really don't want you to, um, to know what's in it. They don't want you to, they don't want independent review. If you're going to put out a bioweapon and you're going to purposely kill a bunch of people, 
you don't want to tell everybody you're going to do it and this is how you're going to do it, right? I mean, I hate to say it, and it, and it may sound a little, you know, I may sound a little crazy, but I've quit worrying about that because they're killing people. Mm. We've had more deaths. In fact, we've had it over, it's probably a lot more. But what they admit to is double in the, in the vaccine adverse event reporting system than all the vaccines put together in a 31-year period prior. Oh my. Now, that alone should stop this, but it doesn't. So, um, so it's crazy. But, okay, so, what's, so, what's in, so what we know that's in the vaccine? Well, the first thing we know is that it, it has genetic material, and it's not normal genetic material. So this is one of the things that kind of shocks me. I had a friend who's Mormon. have a friend. She's not past <laughs> tense. I have a, a friend who's, who's a devout Mormon. She and her husband. And she called me, and she said, you know, how about if we it, could he take the Johnson Johnson vaccine? Because I know we don't want to really vaccinate, but he's going to lose his job if we don't. And I said, let me just run this. Let me just ask you a question. You guys are in a religion that you don't believe in even drinking caffeine. OK, you don't want to put caffeine in your body and you're going to put synthetic DNA in your body. Are you thinking what do you think about that? And then she kind of got, oh, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, because I think when you talk about not defiling your body, I mean, what can you think worse than putting synthetic genetic material? Mm. You know, maybe people don't appreciate the gravity of that, but genetic material that's not yours, and it's not even made from natural occurring, you know, amino acids completely. Th these things are, um, they can, inter you know, the DNA for sure can intercalate into your DNA and pass down to future generations if you have any. Because there's a real sterilization problem, I think, going on with this stuff. So why would you think about doing that? And, and especially from a Christian perspective, I'm just going to say, I, I have a real hard time with that. But we don't, but we, so we know that there is, uh, there's this synthetic DNA in there. And even the synthetic RNA in the, in the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, I talked to Judy Mikovits about this because people say, am I, the people that are thinking, they say, Am I going to be a GMO human if I take this? And I said, and I, so I asked her, I said, I see how the DNA could get in, but how can the RNA get, get in? Well, it turns out there are some ways it could, but even if it doesn't, what people also don't realize is that RNA is a very potent epigenetic controller of DNA. And what that means is that you have lots of, of genetic material. We have lots of chromosomes, lots of genetic material in those chromosomes, but we don't know what it does. But some of it is, for example, viral DNA that's gotten in over a long time ago, probably, and passed down from our grandparents. But we keep it under check. In other words, our body's immune system knows how to kind of close it down so we don't keep getting virus DNA popping out in our cells. And same thing with cancer DNA. You hear about people that have like the BRCA gene for breast cancer. Okay, it's familial mm -hmm. cancer propensity. You don't always get cancer, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you have the gene. And how? why is that? Because you've got a good immune system, it keeps it under check. But we know now we're giving you, to make this work, what they do admit is that they had to decrease your ability to, you know, have an immune reaction. Just like I was saying earlier, it cuts, it not only damages, damps down your immunity to COVID, it damps down your general immunity. So whatever's in this, there's not just the RNA that makes the spike protein, there's also RNA or DNA that damps down your immunity. And that's why we're seeing tumors pop up at a wild rate. Mm. Because 
normally you would go and you would damp that down. You'd methylate that area of your whatever they do. It does it does to stop that from being transcribed and made into a tumor. We keep that under check because we have a good immune system. Well, they just took that partially away. So we know that's there. Well, the thing is. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to go on to the next thing. Go ahead. Did you have a question about that? I'll, no, I no, I, no I was just, I was going to mention, I, I'd heard you say earlier that the vaccine is causing different kind of weird cancers in people too, you think? At least that's, yeah. you, you hypothesize that, right? Well, it's allowing them to come out. Yeah, it's allowing them to come out. Again, we have the DNA that can make cancer in our body, but we keep it in check. And now we're giving it and we're seeing all sorts of things. I mean, if you, I actually have some numbers from July and, um, you know, for example, uh, brain tumors. On, in, in all of 31 years of the VAERS, there were 263 brain tumors that were thought to be as a result of the vaccine. There were a, a, whatever. People can argue, oh, the VAERS. It's just, in fact, I actually talked, I it was actually had dinner with Scott Atlas, former White House, um, you know, chief advisor to Trump medically. And he's a very smart guy, and he's on our side. He's a good guy. I'm not trying to say anything bad about him. But this is what happens when you're in the university and you can't just take kind of an independent step back and look at things. You know, he, he was telling me how, you know, he had this whole pile of, of papers that he'd take into these meetings in the White House, but he'd lose the argument to people that hadn't read anything. Hmm. But when I asked him about he starts talking about, see, he believes that there are groups that benefit from vaccine. I said, have you looked at theirs? And the first thing he said was, they say, which meant he's never looked at it, mm-hmm. you know, so he's criti- again, he would never criticize a paper he'd never read. But we're, the doctors tend to criticize the VAERS without ever having looked at it. But what the VAERS is, is it, yes, it can be doctor reporting as well as patient reporting. And more and more we're seeing you could tell it's doctor reporting because it's very detailed. It almost screws up your ability to use VAERS. It's very detailed and they're screaming and you can hear them screaming behind the scenes about how bad things are. So. When you look at this, we're comparing apples to apples. Just keep in mind. So when I tell you that 31 years, they only had 263 brain tumors this year alone, which is eight per year. And this year alone, we have 195. Leukemia, 48 per year this year alone. And we haven't finished the year, 229. So tumors are showing up. I had a a person that's a cardiologist that called me kind of under the table because he doesn't want to lose his job at the university. But he said... I see these like these weird, I don't know if it's a lymphoma, he told me, but something that wraps around the heart. And he said, I've seen two of them in 20 years of practice. I've seen over 20 in two months. And I know that young people in the military are coming up with brain tumors and other tumors, leukemias. It seems to be brain tumors, leukemias, and thrombocytopenia, these bone marrow kind of problems. Okay, so... It's happening, and that's as a result of this, of this, this the, the other stuff they put in that they didn't completely tell us about, but they had to hint at because it, it decreased your immune system. Now, the next thing is squalene, okay? Now, years ago, squalene, I looked at this when I was um, on the Navy Research Advisory Committee, and I was going around looking at some stuff, and I ran into a friend of mine that was doing the research on Gulf War Syndrome. And the guys came back. It was like, you know, I don't remember what percent, but there was a significant percent, 20 or something, that had this weird kind of autoimmune problem. And they couldn't figure out what it was for a while. But these guys started popping up with ALS or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis at four times the background rate. That's a fatal neurologic disease. That's what Stephen Hawking's had. And I don't know how he lived so long. Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't really have something. Maybe it's something else. But most people are dead in two to three years. Well, so they had to take it seriously, and they finally discovered it was one batch of the anthrax vaccine 
that was taken by uh, these guys when they went overseas, and it had squalene in it. And it was put out just like this under an EUA, an emergency use authorization, no long-term studies, quick, 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 rush, 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 no independent oversight, no public comment. And squalene was brand new. And what happened is that was the anti- they, had, they, they proved without a doubt it was squalene that caused the Gulf War syndrome, essentially. And there were some other mitigating factors, but squalene was absolutely 100% involved. So what happened? Well, people complained to the pharmaceutical companies, the vaccine manufacturers said, we don't want this, FDA, we don't want this in our vaccines. And they assured us, oh, no, it won't be in our vaccines. And then they put it back in the flu ad in 2017. I tell you the story in detail a little bit because it tells you the psychopaths we're dealing with. So the squalene caused Gulf War syndrome, and yet they were willing to put it back in flu ad that they were mandating nurses to take at that time. And now, I hate to tell you, it's in the matrix M adjuvant of this, of this the, the, the lipid nanoprotein, the lipid nanoparticle coating around the genetic material is in, has got squalene in it because it's such a good immune stimulator. That's why they like it. But is it but in really, all of them, or is it just in one particular vaccine? Well, I know it's in. I know it's in. I know it's in the Pfizer and the and the Moderna. Uh-huh. So that's the biggest ones people are taking. And the other, the next thing is in there is PEG, polyethylene glycol, which you're allergic to, and that's just something that we 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 have it. In, it's never been used again in a vaccine before. It's never. These are not vaccines. It's never been used in a vaccine before. But it's. Um, it, it, you get it in soaps and lotions and things. So 70% of people are allergic to it, which is why this, these vaccines, these so-called vaccines, which they're not, have a 10 times more risk of anaphylaxis, which is that really severe, uh, you know, close your throat down, can't breathe, death ensues if you don't have an EpiPen kind of thing that can happen if you have a bee sting and you're really allergic to bee sting. So, you know, and uh, there are some more things that, uh, that are in it that we're finding, but not stuff they ever put on the list, like, uh, graphene. Okay, there's no question that graphene's in there. Uh, we found it. We looked in vials of the. We could find it in the vials of the actual, you know, Moderna and Pfizer vaccine, uh, and and we can look at it under the microscope. The other thing that we're finding, like uh, my friend Carrie Made had, uh, she in the Moderna vaccine, she found this little kind of thread-like thing in there that was attached to a very tiny microscopic purple cube. Mm. I don't know what that is, but, you know, it's it's a little bit concerning. Uh, we know that there's, a, there's um, and I don't know if I was, if I was, if I had talked to you about Charles Lieber when I was on here last, but Charles Lieber was a, a technology, he's a, a nanotech guy, chief of uh, chemistry, chief of biochemistry at Harvard, who was arrested when he it was found that he was doing all this with the Chinese. Well, it turns out, I think we were all doing this together. Uh, he was working for DARPA while he was going over to Wuhan and setting up a nanotech stuff. We were pretty sure there's nanotech stuff in this because there are things like spions, uh, super paramagnetic iron oxides, and people really are becoming magnetic. You know, Sherry Tenpenny testified before, I think, the Ohio Senate, and now the Ohio Board of Medicine wants to delicense her, and they first want to get a psychiatric evaluation because she started talking about how people are becoming magnetic. So she asked us, do you guys have any data? I said, yeah, I got data. I mean, what do you do in science? This is so funny. See, this is my point. These big academic guys and the people in the, in the boards and all that stuff. Now, maybe the board knows better, but, they're, but what they're, they're doing is they've never evaluated it themselves, and they've never read anything or talked to anybody and so they don't know. There's an easy way to check this. You go and examine patients. And I did that. Right after this came out, the people on the Internet showing themselves to be magnetic, 
it was really easy. I took a paper clip and I went to my office instead of a stethoscope. Now I have a paper clip and a magnet. <laughs> and I just asked people nicely if I could, you know, hey, have you had the vaccine? Would you mind participating in a little study I'm doing? It's very, it's five minutes. I said, it's just, I just want to, you know, do the paper clip test on you and just see what kind of vaccine you had. And it's totally anonymous. It's not going to go anywhere. And I did that. And I found early on 60% of the people that had had the vaccine were magnetic. The, the paper clip was a positive paper clip test. It stuck to the arm where they had, right over where they had the uh, vaccine, but they did not stick to the other arm. That's now, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So don't. So people that think that's just all internet garbage, don't think that. It's really easy to test. And now I don't see it as much now. I mean, I did a few people the other day, and they weren't positive. I got one maybe, but it's like I. I don't know if it's if it takes a while after you have it that it, the longer you have it that goes away. I don't know. But what is this stuff doing in there? You know. So I will tell you, we still don't know exactly what's in here, and it's not what they're telling us. And I don't think the purpose is what they're telling us. The other thing I can tell you about this is that the idea that variants make the vaccines uh, not workable is just nightmarishly stupid. It doesn't work this way. And um, I, it's complicated, and it takes a while to absorb what he's, you know, how it works. But if I would recommend people listen to Michael Yeadon, who's a former vice president of Pfizer, he's a researcher and science, chief science officer of Pfizer at one point, and he he has a thing called Michael Yeadon, my last warning, mm-hmm. and he goes through why variants don't matter and that why they shouldn't affect the vaccine rate. I can tell you, I came at it from a different. I, I didn't know exactly what he talked about the rate of. Uh, the fact that there's a very small difference between the Delta variant or the Lambda variant or the, you know, whatever they want to give us in the Greek alphabet variant and and the actual 181 uh, base pair spike protein that this thing is presumably made to. Mm. But you can go back and you can look at, it's like 0.3% difference is the most it could be. But we have banked blood from people with SARS years ago in 2004. And SARS is 80% the same. So it's 20% different, and it still was neutralizing. So mm, don't believe them. Mm. You know, it's just not true. The, the variants are an excuse to not – they have to come up. Look, they're giving people vaccines, and they're dying. People are dying all over after the vaccine, and they're having brain bleeds, and they're having all these bad things happen to them. And they can't admit that the death rate in countries is going up because – of the vaccine, so they have to invent something. Oh, it's a variant. Yeah. Now, not to say there aren't variants, but that's not what's causing the death rate to go up. Well, and you said that you said that back in February. You said that come fall after the vaccines, you're going to see right. this stuff. So you did say that. Well, listen, we've only got about seven minutes. I want to. I want you to address a couple of issues for people. We, we're getting some questions that are coming in. First of all, mask. All right, and I know you you could speak for the whole hour just on masks, yep, but I could. but but here's a specific question for you as a doctor: You wear a mask into the surgery, you know. You wear mask when you go in, right? And that's the typical argument that people use why we should wear masks. <laughs> Doctors do it. You, I've heard you say they do damage to children, not just psychologically, but yeah. but because of yeah. bacteria and carbon uh, um, dioxide. Can you speak to that for about two minutes real quick? It's really simple. We don't wear a mask to protect you from any kind of airborne transmission virus. It's that simple. We, we wear a very – these things are breathable. You breathe out the side of the mask. It's not a constricted mask. It's not even like these cloth masks. 
And also, so, you know, we're not taking, we're there for so we don't spit in the wound and so we don't get blood on our face. That's a simple thing. That's why we wear the mask. It's not to protect us from some wild virus. And we're not going into the operating room and interacting with little children. This is devastating psychologically to our children, which is why they're doing it. We're created, and I know this from talking to psych, pediatric psychiatrists, we, we've, we've created two generations now of Stockholm Syndrome children that won't be able to go boldly into the world and be, you know, comfortable. It's not going to go away what the damage we've done to them, okay? I mean, it's that simple. And for you, for adults, we're, we're fully formed mentally maybe as best we can be. I mean, you were a Marine and I was in the Navy. <laughs> so, uh, but I had to get my Marine joke. I know. I, I, I was expecting it. So. <laughs> so, so, but, you know, the problem is for us, let's say you have a heart problem. You don't want to put on a mask and have any elevation of your CO2 or decrease of your O2. It's not so much that it decreases oxygen, but it retains CO2, and it's very significant. Don't think that we never looked at masks before. OSHA has looked at this for a long time, and, 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 and the environmental sciences people have looked at these for a long time. And OSHA says you cannot, you know, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is 419 parts per million. Um, OSHA says it should not be more than one to 2,000 parts per million for any period of time during your workday. I mean, you can't be exposed to that. It's dangerous because it increases inflammation in the body. Well, what happened is a friend of mine actually has a monitor, a meter. Again, data matters. And she put it behind these masks, and in some of these most restricted masks, it was 10,000 parts per million. And that can cause damage to your brain. It can cause – why do people get headaches? Because they're stimulating their microglia in the brain when they're in these masks. Ask nurses. So that's why it's absolutely insane. It is a, I'll tell you, I used to, when people used to wear them that I knew and I'd come up to them, I'd say, you don't really think that works, do you? And she said, they'd say, no, I'm just wearing it for the comfort of others. The bottom line, I tell them now, I don't put up with that now because we're at war and we got to take this seriously. They're coming after your children. But I say, look, it, this is a war against your children. And if you participate, if you put that mask on now, you're participating in the war. So the only time they can get me to wear a mask ever again, and that's temporary, is in these airplanes. And someday that's going to come to a stop. We have to stop this. Yeah. We have to stop the masking. That's why everyone went after me as soon as I came out and started talking about masks. I didn't expect to be a public figure. I went down to protest the mask mandate thinking it would be easy. But all the paid doctors from UNMC were on the other side saying, oh, no, we have to have it. Now, look, we even have Tony Fauci's emails from WikiLeaks showing he knew the masks didn't work. And by the way, during this whole outbreak, I think it was the New England Journal of Medicine. It might have been JAMA. One of the big art, one of the big magazines published an article, and they write in the middle in bold print paragraph. It said, "Masks don't really protect healthcare workers, but they give them a sense of security. It's like a talisman." Oh my! Are gosh. you kidding me? <laughs> we are going to mandate a talisman, mandate a rabbit's foot. So these guys, the psychopaths taking you down, they know it doesn't work. It's a slave mask. And think about what the occult meaning of a mask is. It, 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 for thousands of years, a mask is put on slaves, and it's meant to say, I, I submit, I will obey, I'll be quiet, and I'll transform myself into what you want me to be. It's an anti-Christian principle to right, cover your face like that. So don't do it. Well, it's I, really not. That's one of the worst things. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing about the carbon uh, dioxide thing. Well, one question. People who've had the vaccine, how what do they do? To, what can they do? Yeah, what can they do if they if they were like your friend and said, well, I had to get it because I, I didn't want to lose my job. But now they're going, oh, no. But, what can I do? Yeah, well, they didn't get it. 
and, and this is what I would say. The first thing is, if you don't roll over and don't get another one. I mean, it's people, people are war weary. You know, they're tired of fighting to not have to be forced to have this, this vaccination. But let me just point out, this is a simple, this is a simple situation. If you don't own your body, if they, can, if they can force you to be injected with something, they'd say your boss says that you need or the government says you need, then they own you because you don't own your own body. They do, and that makes you a slave. So you've got to keep that in mind. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. We're going to win this. Don't, don't, run, don't be the last guy shot in the war. Mm. So right now, don't take the vaccine. And if you took it, don't take another one. If you listen to Luc Montagnier, he really didn't say, he's a Nobel laureate virologist that discovered HIV, I guess. He really did not say everybody who took the vaccine be dead in three years, which is a pretty scary thing. What he really said is, if you take the vaccine and then you wear a mask, you might be dead in three years. And why the mask? Because of the inflammation it creates. Uh, he said if you take another vaccine, and that's any vaccine, because it's inflammation that may trigger the bad effects of this vaccine. So don't take another vaccine of any kind, including any other of these for sure, and don't wear a mask. The other thing you can do, there are lots of things we're finding out that may help. Now, we don't have the answer completely, but I, that's one of the things I put on my website, and I keep it updated as much as possible, is, is vaccine remorse and how to deal with shedding. You know, if you're, there's the problem of people giving off these toxic nanoparticles that are damaging their children or whatever, you making you sick. So I talk about that, but they can look at that up because you need to take it seriously. If you've got remorse and you took a vaccine, get on it right now. 30 seconds. Hey, we got 30 seconds. Uh, concerns for <laughs> children 5 through 11 being vaccinated. Should they be vaccinated? Of course not. They, any, they, don't lie, they don't die from this. You know how they have some deaths on the, on the rolls from this? Because in Europe, and I don't know if it's true in America, in Europe, if you're over 100 and you're 103 and you take and you die from COVID, you get listed as a three-year-old because their computer system can't handle it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the, chance of you, the chance of your child dying from COVID is essentially zero. Your chance of dying from the vaccine is considerably more. There's no benefit, all risk. Well, hey, Dr. Merritt. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I mean, I want to have you back. I'd like to have you every week. Uh, anyway, uh, I want to tell people real quick, Dr. Lee Merritt, go to Dr. L-E-E-M-E-R-R-I-T-T dot com or TheMedicalRebel.com and go on there, donate, support her and what she's doing. She is a phenomenal source of research and information. Lots of good articles on there about the things we've talked about. Share this with your friends. Share it. Go to SWATradio.com. It'll be posted in a couple hours, and you can share it. Uh, Dr. Merritt, thank you for being on today. It's always a pleasure to have you, and I learned so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, again, listen to this. Go to SWATradio.com. Listen again and share it with your friends. Doug McCary, we'll if see you, you tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual